0: welcome to the fatherhood challenge podcast the fatherhood challenge is a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability of an environment and culture we're going to encourage and challenge each other to step up and do courageous things that make our families and communities better places. So let's get to it. Greetings. Thank you so much for joining me. It's good to have you with me. Always, always good to have you with me. I have a really fun guest with me. His name is Matt Purdy. He's actually my neighbor. He lives just down the street from me. We just had some great times getting together. Our kids get together. And one of the things that stands out for me, and this is one of the reasons why I immediately thought of having him on the show was specifically because of how engaged he is with his kids. I see it all the time. Um, he's always doing fun things with them. We get our kids together and it, it's just like a really, really fun party. It's, it's fun for us. It's fun for the kids. And there's, there's never a boring moment with it. So Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah,
1: we uh it's been nice having you guys as neighbors too. I'll tell you what. It's uh I'm I guess I'm a dad too and and I have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old, uh Marin Anderson, so they they keep me hopping. I'll tell you and it's definitely one of those things that um that you uh you never stop learning as a parent for sure and you know we uh we get to uh, live out here kind of on the farm with some you know livestock and and let the chickens and the ducks and the goats and all that stuff let them run around and enjoy life so it's been um it's been fun being out here
0: oh i bet it's. i've always enjoyed uh anything to do with farms, uh, exposing the kids to that and all that, it's just, just a great time. I always like to start with a dad joke or something kind of like that. So what is your favorite dad joke? <laughs> okay. Well, um, often,
1: you know, because we, since we are kind of out in the country, we usually have a uh, pretty good garden throughout the um, year. And sometimes, you know, depending on weeding, it, it's better than others on some years. But we, uh, when we're picking out tomatoes throughout the summer, a lot of the time what I'll do is we get the cherry tomatoes and things like that. I'll look at one of the kids and I'll be like, hey, what's a dad t- uh, tomato say to the to the baby tomato it, when he isn't walking fast enough? And they'll look at me and I'll be like, what? And I drop a cherry tomato and I'll say, and step on it and say, catch up. And then they they usually chuckle. So, you know, of course, that turns into more and more of a conversation, you know, and and a continuation joke uh, as there you you use way too much ketchup as a dad. You know, I mean, giving. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that. Yeah, it it comes back. But I think dad jokes just automatically flow by accident. um, Also. (laughs) <laughs> the older you get
0: <laughs> that's true too and i don't know how that happens it it just kind of does um, yes and yes the in yeah um it that's confirmed like we we dads do um use a, a lot of ketchup uh i get hassled <laughs> by my kids when we have some sort of a meal where you know you can I don't know. You can almost put ketchup on almost anything. That's debatable too. But ketchup right. bottle comes out, and I start putting ketchup on my food and whatnot, and then I get, I'll get scolded by my by my youngest son for putting too uh, much ketchup on. Food.
1: Yeah, I'm usually not the one that's using it, but I'm definitely putting it on my the food for my children, and I'm usually <laughs> teasing
0: them. <laughs> so, but yes, it's a staple for sure. It, it absolutely is. Oh, I like to go back to where it all began and just where that experience of being a dad began. So, I mean, I I mean specifically that experience when you found out you were going to be a dad for the first time, what was that like for you? You know, I guess I,
1: I can't really remember the, the moment necessarily that Wendy told me we were going to, Have a kid. Maybe I kind of remember it a little bit, but I definitely remember the moment that her water broke just before we went to the hospital. And that's kind of always a funny story and something that we deal with. So we were in Florida. We were having some weird issues here and there. And we're away from family. And we, it's funny because I think my wife even posted a couple of days before her water broke. Um, Something about the water pump being out and and great, we don't have we don't have water, I can't shower, and I'm doing a week, you know, whatever. And it, she was just <laughs> kind of being funny about it. And so of course right away, what did I do as a as a good husband? I called up someone who could come replace my water pump which in, in florida you know it's really only a 30 foot well so i probably could have done it but you know you're playing with 220 and i'm like yeah i'll just pay someone so they they came and they got it done and it was it was pretty good and so two days later i get woken up at one thirty in the morning and because all i heard was and i was sleeping and she was pacing around um being a pregnant lady and she said, "Matt, man, my water broke." Or the and I heard Matt, the water broke, and I woke up in a rage. I woke up. Are you kidding me? I can't believe that stupid water's broken again. I'm calling the company right now. What time is it? I don't care. I'm calling them. <laughs> and it was like a private business type of situation, so I probably would have got a cell phone. Um, but oh my gosh. And she's like, no, no, no. My water broke. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we can deal with that. So (laughs) so then we both jumped in the car and, you know, took off and went to the hospital. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, the whole water breaking thing. It's, it's a thing. If you, um, puppy pads are a must, I think, uh, pre-pregnancy or Mm pre-birth. You know, just just keep a few in the car with you. It will save your car seats. Just saying, Absolutely. future dad
0: tip. <laughs> That's wisdom from experience. Talking.
1: <laughs>
0: so beyond the
1: the car seat, and you know, it's like the one other thing I'll say is that when you have that baby. And you're in the hospital for a couple of days and, you know, looking into that kid's eyes, trying to make sure it gets enough milk and, you know, everything else, you're trying to deal with that. And you got the whole mom emotions where she's like, can I feed my baby enough? Can I feed my baby enough? Oh my gosh, I'm going to fail. And you're trying to support her. And I remember after that couple of days and we're leaving the hospital and they just like cut off the little band that you know GPS locates your child, which basically slips off their foot anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I remember going to the elevator with my wife, and she like looks around. And we're walking out the elevator, and she and she's like looks at me and goes, "I guess we just get to take this thing home now." <laughs> and it was kind of funny. <laughs> we both kind of chuckled because it's like. Yeah, I mean, there's that moment. I think there are continual moments as a parent that you have that are kind of like epiphanies. you are like, "Oh, yeah, this is it. This it's all on us now." I mean, no one, no one's gonna have conversations about what they'd recommend. You just deal
0: with it, right? So yeah. that's so yeah. true.
1: That's so yeah. true.
0: I I still remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. I still remember that moment um when my when my first son um when I took him home and he's sitting there in his car seat and we're driving we're, we're driving home from the hospital, and I just see him there, and it's hard to put into words everything that you're feeling in that moment, it feels surreal. Like you don't know whether this is real or not because it it's, it's too good to be true. And then all of a sudden you're, you're hit with this tidal wave of responsibility that is now on your shoulders pretty much for it changes, but it's, it's now for, this is your responsibility for the rest of your life. Right, he's going to be involved in your life. You're going to be involved in his life, and um, I definitely some- drove
1: home like a grandma that day. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's if you haven't been through it, it, it's it's difficult. Even if you have been through it, it's really difficult to explain in words. But it, it's it's a really special moment. Yeah, for sure we're going to change gears a little bit here and um, our kids, both of our kids are, have been brought up to really enjoy nature and that has a root somewhere. So, I mean, I think at some point um, you must've had some sort of a, a background with, uh, with nature of learning to appreciate it. Where did that start for you? You know, um,
1: I did a lot of scouts When I was younger, I think that was probably the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know, even before that I had a big backyard and of course grew up in the era that TV was a thing, but video games were kind of just starting. I mean, we had a Commodore 64 with some games, but it wasn't really like you'd sit there and play, you know, Jumpman or Pitfall all day long. You know, you get kind of bored with that after a while. So I think it's a different era but i definitely spent a lot of time outside with my friends and we would be out you know if it was during the weekend you know unless no one was around we weren't in the house you know we were all running around playing hide and seek kick the can and you know and you know working on tree forts and doing different stuff like that but as i got older you know it was a nice transition my my dad He was a scout master and I started getting into scouts. We started camping a lot and doing different stuff. And then eventually I ended up being an outdoor guide, you know, through you and I. And, and I think that is one of those things that, um, I learned the appreciation to, there's so many people I think that, you know, I, I was able to bring into that world that for me, it's, it's kind of nice to do the same thing, you know? now with my kids too so and it was just one of those things that that being an outdoor guide i mean by the time i was 26 i had guided in all the or been two on trips myself whether it was kayaking backpacking whitewater rafting you know mountain biking rock climbing whatever I'd, i'd been through all the the u.s states um minus alaska and hawaii um by the time i was 26 and just you know guiding in one capacity or another or just taking trips myself so um family trips or running around or whatever so or i'd live there you know just because i kind of moved around when i was younger you know a young adult just to to do that
0: and so that was a lot of fun did that create some sort of an inspiration in you to want your kids to have some sort of an experience like that? Is that where it started? You know, for sure. I think it's,
1: it's really my responsibility. I feel like to, to get them down that path and to share that love. Um, One of the things that I always heard people say as I was teaching them to enjoy the outdoors is they would frequently say, Oh, I'm not really a camper. And I think that that's a really, it's a really misused saying. And the thing about it is that it's not that people are not really campers, it's that they don't know how to camp comfortably. They don't know how to be outside comfortably. Um, You have to understand or know how to keep yourself dry, how to keep yourself warm, how to keep yourself, you know, away from the wind. And it's just those simple things, wearing the right clothes and, and, you know, simple things like being able to start a fire well, you know, when you need one, um, you know, at a campsite or whatever. There are many, many times, which I was with a large group and I'll tell you, um, everyone's wet and tired and, no one wanted to start a fire and there were definitely times when i i probably i'd built hundreds of fires you know at that point from basically scratch um even with a flint you know and and i always had when i was camping i'd have a lint with me and and steel wool and different tricks that i'd have for starting fires when it was wet but um I definitely had a couple of instances, probably a handful that I can look back on and say, wow, it took me probably a good, good amount of time to get that fire going. But once you get it going and you get it roaring and if it's wet and um, cold. And I can remember one time we were in, the, we were up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire and with a group um, from the uh, University of Connecticut I was guiding up there and everyone was pretty miserable but once I got that fire good and roaring outside this lean-to no one was really thinking about the fact it was a little bit windy a little bit cold before you know we were having conversations about you know about the history of the area and about the fact we were getting ready to go over Mount Washington and it has a, you know, a lot of history with throw and different things like that. So it was kind of fun. Um, and I think that fires and comfortability, it's a, it's a big thing, you know, people say they're not campers, but I think they just don't know how to camp,
0: you know, they have So your been kids are, so your kids are picking up on this experience. Um, from actually in from actually doing these things with you.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the goal is for me to be out as much as I can and teach them things. Just just being around me, and I try to, whenever I make fires and I do things and I teach them how I build a fire, how I set it up, how I light it, you know, the whole deal.
0: So it's you never know when you're going to need that skill. So. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we went on a camping trip, um, and, uh, my wife was off at the main office. And so I was with the kids, um, uh, and we had, we unpacked the tent out of the back and, and we're, we're setting it up. So it's just me and the boys and, uh, we're setting up the tent together. Uh, it's, it's up to us to get camp set up and everything. And we get this tent put up and, um I walk him through the process of doing every little bit of that. Um, and we also did, did the tear down ourselves, you know, and, and and that was that, uh, but I didn't know from that experience where that was going to go next. And of course we get home, um, and, uh, I don't know if it was one or two days after we got back, um, my wife was telling me to look in the back. And so I go and I look out in the backyard and the boys are out in the backyard and they have the tent almost completely set up themselves by themselves. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, they're they're uh, coming into the house informing us that they are going to be spending the night out in the backyard and they're preparing camp. And
1: that is so great.
0: They got their food provisions and everything that they needed, all of their clothes to make sure that they were going to be warm and comfortable and all of this. And I'm just sitting there with this big grin on my face because I know where this is coming from. And I'm just soaking in this reward of that time spent with them, walking them, walking them through every step of how to do that. And then seeing them take off and try to practice this on their own. And they pulled it off successfully. That's awesome. Um, We didn't hear a peep out of them until the morning when we go to look out. And there's no tent there they They broke camp. they put the tent away properly the way it's supposed to go, and the tent was back in the garage, and there was no sign that they had camped at all and That's
1: a win-win right
0: there.: That was a huge moment of pride, and that kind of gets me into the next topic, which is on engagement. Do you think fathers nowadays are are more or less engaged than they used to be?
1: You know it's funny um. I think when you're talking about engagement uh, for me, the biggest thing is you have to be there and you have to let them see you do things. Um, The biggest way you can be engaged is just to be around the kids. And after a long work day and hanging out, I think it's easy to be like, Hey, I'm going to go outside and work on a few things or whatever. Even I could be like, Hey, I'm going to go outside and, do some chores with the animals or whatever, feed the chickens, feed the ducks and the goats. And I, I wouldn't have to bring the kids. I don't have to, but a lot of the time I do bring them along. And even if I do all the work, they're still there, and they're seeing it, and they're watching me. And so they understand what it takes to take care of animals. They understand the work that's put in and they are there around me and it's not that we're doing anything you know groundbreaking um you know it's just they're just around and i think you have to it's if you if you look at a baby goat say for instance they they don't know what to eat they don't know how to deal with stuff at first but they watch the other goats and they're like, oh, I should chew on that. Oh, OK, I'll chew on that. Oh, is it got some grain there? Oh, let me try that, you know, versus just going for its mom's teat. So I think that, you know, kids are doing the same thing if, if they don't understand and watch you and see how you're doing things and see how you interact, you know, in public, at home, you know, doing whatever activities, then it makes it hard for you to expect them to be able to deal with situations the right way. I think so. So yeah, I mean, I I can't really speak to the fact of like, if I feel obviously I know dads here and there that I'm like, I wish we're a little bit more engaged here and there. And I look at other dads and I'm like, they're just killing it so hard they're just doing great stuff. Um, but who am I to judge? You know, I think you kind of, you have one of those things that as a dad, you kind of have to figure it out yourself, you know? But I think, I think you have to push yourself though. You have to, you have to do everything you can to be there. So. I
0: I agree with that. I mean, there's those, those moments when, uh, you're just tired, you're hurting, your body's hurting, and um uh, and your kids are are just, you know, just almost begging for your attention at that moment for you to do something with them, or, or just have a conversation or anything and and just reaching deep within yourself to look at them and see that need and more importantly to see the opportunity at that moment. I don't know that there's ever been a time when um I made the decision to do something with them or to engage with them and, um, and regret it doing so. And somehow that, that right. ache or that tiredness that you were experiencing, uh, sometimes you forget all about it after just having a good time with them and, and you start feeling better yourself. It's just amazing how that works. Yeah.
1: And it always blows me away. The core memories that, um, Kids pull from random situations that you have. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I had a dad dad weekend this this summer when my wife went away and hung out with some girlfriends. And, and I remembered it happened to be um, Boomtown or Towns Festival. And I wanted to go to a farm auction that was nearby. So we went there. My son was excited because he got a winter sled. And so Mm. it was kind of cool for him, but, you know, they just hung out and watched the auction and they, I don't know if they'd ever been to a real auction like that. Maybe one other time they had been, but um, we did that. And they were talking about the auction and the fact they ate chicken gizzards for probably Mm -hmm. a week (laughs) after it. And, you know, we just kind of did our own thing all weekend, went to some fireworks and did some things that we might have done if their mom was around. We we've done things slightly different in the past, where we find maybe easier places to watch fireworks than when we went to. But it was it was fun because when you've just got your kids, you can do things exactly the way that you want. So <laughs> I got to be honest, I kind of like it sometimes. <laughs>
0: uh. That quality time with them. Is, is so important. It's good to do things as a family. Um, those are always important moments to do, um, trips, camping and things like that. But there's also, there's also a need that they have to do just one-on-one things with dad. That time, that, that quality time is important too.
1: And one on one with mom, you know, I th- I think it's super important for both Wendy and I to have those one on one moments.
0: Yeah, it works the other, it works the other way around too, and you can see it. It's that's also one of those things that's kind of difficult to articulate in words, but you can see the need and you can see the benefit from from both sides when that quality time happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. We try to do. We don't do it as much as we should, but we try to do like one on one dates with the kids. You know, every couple of months for you take one out and then you take the other one out and kind of have that time. It's kind of fun.
0: Sometimes, um, you know, there are fathers out there that are sometimes trying to struggle to figure out how to engage, how to connect with their kids. And so it seems, it might seem like for some fathers it's easier for them to do that because they they're just used to doing that. They've done that from the very beginning, but there may be some fathers out there that are struggling with how to engage with their kids or, or where to even start. And for them, this is a new, this would be a new habit for them. How would you encourage them? How would you suggest that they start?
1: I think it's important to know, like, first off, they're your kids. There's nothing to be freaked out or about or weird about. Um, They don't even care like what you do with them they don't want to be entertained they just want to hang out with you it's it's so funny there was one of the <laughs> one of the shows i've been watching lately was uh, Ted Lasso and um there's a really funny part in the show uh this last season where he said uh he was talking about the same topic he's like the kids don't even care they don't cuz she's trying to they're too kind of you know single parent esque type of situations there and they're like what am i supposed to do with this kid he's like he doesn't care they don't care what you want to do as long as you you know you involve them in your life they just want to be involved and he yells over at uh um his daughter well, his niece and he says hey phoebe you want to go to my podiatrist, podiatrist point uh podiatrist appointment <laughs> later? And she's like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> so, like, you know, what a what a funny and yet very, very fitting way to talk about that, because like literally kids don't care what you do with them
0: as long as you involve them.
1: <laughs> so, so, true,
0: yeah, so true. What is the funniest moment or experience that you've ever had with your kids? Oh, gosh.
1: I don't even, it's uh, it's so funny. Um, I saw this question and I'm like, I don't even know where to start with it. Uh, But, you know, I guess I was going back to just, I think you always have those moments um, where your children say things that next thing you know, you're, you're dying laughing for forever and things will forever be changed you know, whether or not that's, they say the words to, you know, lyrics to a song incorrectly or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like Marin, she used to have a song where um, it was a Taylor Swift song and she used to sing something about cupcakes, tiptoes, you know? And so we, we used to always chuckle um, about her misquoting things, but, but you know the thing that i love about um the th- the memories that really stick in my head which i think are hilarious is there's sometimes like i took marin mountain biking uh this this summer and we were up um mountain biking on some tough tough trails and in minnesota but there's this one trail, which is uh, called Bobsled, which is really flowy and weavy, and it's got huge berms, and it's all downhill, and it's super fun. And you can go back and forth um, on it and really let the bike go. And... um She worked really hard to get there, and there's a moment where I took a picture of her, and it looked like she was about ready to go into heat exhaustion because I don't think she'd ridden her bike enough that year beforehand. And But when we got back, after she rode that chunk and she did some other riding with me, of course, that's all she could talk about and how excited she was. And she was telling random waiters at the store, of course, about her biking experience and, you know, at a restaurant and different stuff and which route she did and it's it's funny because they they have that internal pride and that sense of accomplishment um and just really that excitement to be out with you more than anything like you might think it's about them but i think it's really more about them being with you and doing it together at least that's what it is for Marin for sure and i think that um it's just one of those things that those are the moments that always stick i think with them and then make me chuckle um, down the road because I think their, their perspective of things sometimes can be um, less sunny on our side than it is on theirs.
0: <laughs> I like how she was so proud of herself that she was going around telling everybody. I think that is that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course at the time, um,
1: Oh my gosh. There, there was one moment where she stopped her bike because she was just tired. And of course I had clip in pedals and there was a lady behind me who was coming up and I couldn't stop my bike and I had my feet clipped in and I started to fall. And I, and I was hoping that Maren, cause both of her feet were down, she could hold me just for a second to where I could just balance myself and not fall over instead of doing that. I proceeded to push my ten-year-old down on the ground. <laughs> and then my bike <laughs> and me, we both fell on top of each other downhill. You know, going down this, and the this lady's riding by on her bike. She's like, "Oh, that was great pushing your daughter down." And I'm like, <laughs> "Thanks a lot, lady. Thanks a lot." Oh my gosh, she and makes
0: it, you a bad guy.
1: You <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I didn't mean to do it, but, uh, it, it happens. It happens.
0: Oh, she'll, she will always remember that the rest of her life. Yes. Yeah, she will. As we wrap up here, what is, if you could look one dad or any dad in the face and give him a challenge, what would that challenge be?
1: You've just got to really try. You know, so like try to be, try to connect with them all the time and be a part of them. It, it doesn't really matter again what you're doing, but I think that I ask my kids a lot. I'm like, Hey, how was your day? Did anything make you happy? Did anything make you sad? You know, type of situation. My wife does the same thing. and. It's kind of interesting, the questions, the responses you'll get from them. Um, so if I were to say, try something, you know, hey, ask your kids about their day. You know, it's, it's crazy what you'll learn. Ask them what made them happy today. Ask them what made them sad. Ask them, ask them if anything made them frustrated and see what they reply to. Because you'll learn a lot about your kids where they might not normally tell you things. That I, I is don't such I... a
0: little thing to do is just just to, number one, to try, and number two, asking them questions about their day. Such a simple thing to do, but opens up so many conversations. It's like if you just start it and just try, a lot of times they take it from there.
1: yeah. Yeah, you just gotta give them an avenue to talk. I think
0: very, very important. Matt, we've reached the end of um, reached the end of our time, but it's been
1: it was great chatting with you. Nothing as short always.
0: of fun. I've I've enjoyed this time with you, and I really appreciate you being here and and talking with me and, and sharing your experiences and your wisdom and, and, and your stories. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Jonathan. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you enjoyed the show and are getting value out of it, there are two ways you can support this podcast. One is by hitting the follow option on your favorite listening app. This will make it easier to see all the episodes and receive notifications when a new episode is released. The other is by checking out some of the swag in our store. They make great gifts for the holiday, a birthday, or any reason, and they help spread the word about this great movement. The link to the store is in the show description below. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode.